Hello everyone, this is Mark again with your host of Speak Brave Podcast, the internationally heard acclaimed podcast that is heard all over the world. Thank you for your feedback, thank you for your loyalty, and thank you for listening. Today I have an extraordinary episode. It makes me so happy every time I speak with my friend, who I'll introduce in just a moment. It's it's like a, I have this uplift, this encouragement, and I feel at peace. And I hope that everyone listening will find the same way. So let me introduce my friend, uh, fellow Toastmaster, and just an, an amazing mentor and individual. Her name is Beverly Lerner. Hey, Beverly. Good morning, Mark. It warms my heart to hear you say those things. That's, that's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's the truth. It's the truth. Oh. And, I, and, and you can take it to the bank. Um, <laughs> Beverly, it's been a few months. Yes, since, it has. Since you were on the podcast last time. Can you tell us what are you up to now? What am I up to? Well, today is Halloween <laughs> in the United States. I guess it's Halloween all over the world, all over the world. in all countries I, and places that celebrate Halloween or recognize Halloween. And it's uh, supposed to be a scary time, but also a fun time and maybe that's the secret of life. I don't know. To make scary times fun times. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Halloween. <laughs> okay. Are you planning to... Um, you're not celebrating Halloween. You're not acknowledging it. You're not... Um... I, I'm not participating in the trick-or-treating or costumes. No. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, well, I understand. And I respect that decision. Um, Beverly, so you are a fellow Toastmaster, right? Yes. Just as I am. And uh, can you tell us more about that? Uh, what's going on in your Toastmasters world? What have you been thinking about? What you've been learning or an interesting speeches you have heard recently? That's, that's very interesting. I heard an interesting speech three weeks ago about artificial intelligence taking over our lives and how the, the changes that are coming about because of technology and in many ways, it seems that we are giving up our privacy and our freedom to make decisions and our individuality as artificial intelligence and different kinds of technology through, through GPS and through <laughs> Siri and all of the other robotic devices are taking over our lives. And it's just... To me, frightening, and I, I'm resisting in many ways. Do you think that a lot of some, or not a lot, but some people will be left behind um, through this technology? They may not understand how to use it, or how to manipulate it, or how to, you know, use it in their own lives. And they just think, you know what? I I don't trust the technology. I don't trust it. And uh, they think, but the technology will still move forward, whether they trust it or not. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And when you do that, mm -hmm. you will be losing a segment of the population that for whatever reason either can't or chooses not to mm -hmm. keep up with it. And therefore, the technology will remain in the hands of the young, the wealthy, and the possibly more ruthless people. Mm -hmm. so, I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know my my. People in, in my age category as seniors, are, many of them don't even have computers or smartphones. So, yeah, they're going to be left out of this. 
I personally couldn't drive my car without my GPS. I don't go to the grocery store without turning Google Maps on and telling me how to get there. <laughs> but then it tracks me, and that scares me that it knows where I am and it can track me. But I, I have a friend um, who have told me in point-blank terms. He's not a technology specialist, and he just said to me a few years ago, Mark, privacy? What privacy? Forget it. There's no more privacy. And he, you know, he's about 30 years old. So I think younger people, like younger generations, they accept it as a way of life. There's no more privacy. The privacy is an illusion, and it's the information, the data, the personal data is owned by this conglomerates. Uh, do you feel that? Yeah, I, I keep a lot of my personal information to myself, and I'm not online with that. Um, doesn't that frighten you, though, Mark? I mean, this is your it age does. category. These well, are your friends. Well, it, you know, I feel, <laughs> I feel um, kind of um, divided on this, right? You know, at, at once, I'm a very private person. I'm a very private person. There's a lot of things I share on Facebook and social media, but things that are truly matter, like my family or things that I truly, truly care about, I try to protect it, protect it in a way that um, that it's 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 something that I can hold in my hand as this is still private. This is still my personal information. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess in many ways that's similar to the way that I feel. I, I don't like my personal life out there for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. That's why in a way, not why in a way, when I wrote my memoir book, that that was, was, or that that is, is, <laughs> that that is, is, I, after I wrote it and I got the feedback from people who were reading it, I said, did I really want this information to be out there in the world for people who really don't know me to know my, my personal history? And I did very openly share my personal history in that book. So. I remember. I remember we attended um, an author reading in local uh, park in, yes. in Winter Haven, where authors gathered around, like in this. Right. Room. That was fun. That was fun. There was there were booths. There were vendors. There was food. There was a lot of interesting people you introduced me to. Yes. That I still um, follow up with to this day. Um, you're a pillar of community, uh, Beverly. Wow. Okay. Thank you. But. <laughs> It's a lot of the people in the community now know more about me than I think I would have wanted them to know <laughs> if I had thought about it. I wrote the book for my children who weren't as interested in reading it as my friends. Right, really. Okay, so you wrote it for your friends? No, I wrote it for my children. For children, okay. For my children and my grandchildren, but uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm glad that they didn't read it. There was stuff in there that I'm not sure I should have revealed to them what anybody else. So maybe I should be happy that they really didn't read it. <laughs> well, I'm sure they did. Possibly, yeah, possibly okay. They did. But yeah. I, I would love uh, to, to read the books from my family members. You know, I think it's, 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 there's some family members you like, and some family members you're like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, right? Yeah. But, but writing is a wonderful way of expressing your thoughts and your feelings, and it's very therapeutic. You get it out on paper, and then you read it, and sometimes people will say, wow, this is good, you should publish this, and make a good book, which is kind of what happened with me. And 
Yeah, I'm very proud of that. I truly am very proud that I can say I'm a published author. Yes, you are. You're an inspiration to me, my friend. And I'll be putting the link to Beverly's book on Amazon, two right? Books. Oh, two books, right? right. Uh, that you can purchase and help uh, spread the message of Beverly throughout the world. Find out more about me than <laughs> getting back to having my private life out there for the whole world to see. It. It's, it's fun. It's fun. That's fun. So, Beverly, I also understand that you were a school teacher, right? I was a teacher. A teacher. Not a school? I didn't teach school. I taught children. Okay. Can you tell more about I, that? that? I'm very sensitive about can that. Can you tell too. us more? Oh, gosh. Some of the things that, that really stand out. Well, when I retired from Dade County Public Schools, I was a teacher of English to speakers of other languages, and my students came to the United States like so many immigrants and refugees do in hope of finding a better life. And they came not speaking any English. Their native language was not English. And they went through horrible, horrible conditions in order to get to this country. And they were the sweetest, most grateful students in the school. And they were it was a wonderful, a wonderful responsibility that I had to acclimate them to the United States culture and not only to teach them language, but to teach them about the culture also. It was great. Uh, I was thinking the other day I had some horrible teaching situations. I, because I was a special area teacher in Dade County Schools, I was treated in many ways as a second-class citizen, different from a classroom teacher who had her own classroom. I didn't have my own classroom. I taught in halls. I taught in closets. I taught in the school cafeteria. And yet my students learned. And I often thought how much more they could have learned if we had the tools that I that most teachers have to teach. I didn't have the tools to teach them. I didn't have a classroom, a quiet environment. So that was, um, yeah. But before that, I, I taught uh, third grade, middle school, junior college, and I, yeah, I've had a varied career. I started out. I started out in a different state and then transferred over to Florida. So I really have taught in three different states. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Um, one of the conversations you and I had in the past that you used a special, special method of connecting with your students, right? Uh, and I think it's quite remarkable. Uh, would you mind sharing that for us, please? I would sing to them. <laughs> you would sing. Yeah, wow. it's singing has a rhythm, and it also it, it facilitates language learning. Mm -hmm. If you sing things they'll retain it more than if you just say it so I would sing what is your name and they'd respond my name is Jose and where do you live uh -huh. and then we would sing good morning songs and I would uh, sing <laughs> I would sing to them and it was very interesting I don't know if it was also a release for me mm -hmm. it was a release if if they children are children and they could really get on your nerves and I would be writing something on the chalkboard and I'd turn around and there would be a little second grader right at my back and was like ah, how did he get here you know, it was like and of course I couldn't scream and yell at him so I would just say sit down sit down sit down and raise your hand oh dear Johnny sit down and raise your hand and after a while all the children would sing that too 
we'd sing the days of the week in the morning. And she's like, yeah. And it also relieved me of stress and was kind of fun, kept the boredom away. Do you sing now? I, I do. <laughs> I do. I, I sing <laughs> I sing when I, I feel sad or when I feel stressed. It's It's a good release, as it was then, as it somehow has been all my life. It's a release of tension. It's... It's an escape escape valve. It's just escape valve. an escape valve. Like instead of letting that pressure that pressure cooker boil over, it's just like, phew, I could sing. <laughs> I let it out a little bit at a time. Do you also sing when you're happy? Oh yeah. I sing. I sing. Interesting story. I, I can't carry a tune. I don't know if you've <laughs> noticed that. And all through elementary school, high school, and college, I was told not to sing because I was throwing the whole audience off. Mm-hmm. And everybody was couldn't concentrate because I was so off tune. And I was told to just mouth the words to the Star Spangled Banner at my high school graduation. So I became very shy and reticent of my ability, and I liked to sing. And at a Toastmasters meeting, did I ever tell you this story? No, no, no. It was a table topics contest in which you're given a a phrase of four words or less, typically, and you have one to two minutes to respond to that phrase. And the the phrase that I was that that of that day of that contest was singing in the rain, (sighs) and it was very spontaneous. And during that time, I realized that, oh, no, I can't sing. And I told them the story about my high school and college and and mouthing the words. And then all of a sudden it hit me, but I love to sing. I really like to sing. And all these years I've been restricted. And gosh darn it, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing in the rain, and I'm going to sing in my car, and I'm going to sing in my classroom, and I'm going to sing any place I can because I want to, and I love to sing, and it makes me feel good. And that was a turning point in my life. Life. Just another way how Toastmasters changed my life. Yeah. Toastmasters. Um, can you just tell the listeners about Toastmasters, just in general, what it is, what it has done for you, and where you see what can it do for others as well? Uh, I talk about Toastmasters quite often on the show. Could you, could you tell, tell, tell about your, your um, celebrated uh, journey? <laughs> Toastmasters is an international organization. Mm-hmm. There are chapters and clubs in every country, just about every country in the world, all over the world. And the premise is the same wherever you go, in whatever country, in whatever club. And that is to develop leadership and public speaking skills. And in the process of developing your public speaking skills, you're developing self-esteem which is just so essential for so many people to develop confidence in yourself, the ability to communicate with other people, the ability to make a difference in somebody's life through communication. Mm-hmm. So it's cha- Toastmasters changes lives. It, it sure does. And one thing that you, I'm not sure if you said, it's a nonprofit. Oh, it's, it's totally nonprofit. nonprofit. So, exactly. Um, there's a lot of places and providers and teachers and organizations that teach public speaking, communication in different forms. 
but those organizations may be quite expensive and quite costly. And yes. There's different type of uh, engagement. Toastmasters is unique program that is structured. It's an educational program where the club meets every seven days or every 14 days or once a month. And it truly is member-driven, experiential learning, volunteer organization that you can really help yourself to get to get yourself. If you were shy, in a corner, run away from public speaking, you will become somebody who opens up and embraces that head on. Thank you, Mark. It's a members supporting members organization. And it's a very positive environment and it's not for profit. So there's no paid, well, there's no paid staff. I take that back. There is a paid staff, right, in the headquarters. But the leaders of the immediate community, the president, the vice president, the executive officers in the area or the division that you're in don't get paid. So it's yeah. it's it's a remarkable organization that's been around since 1929, and it has really grown. Mm-hmm. It has grown all over, and it's making a difference in the world. Yeah. And I've been involved a lot of years, about 30 years now. So it's been uh, a major part of my life. Yeah, I want everyone to know, if you're ever able to see Beverly speak, whether on video or in person it's Beverly you have this quality about you that um, I think every time you take a stage you are very giving you're very giving and uh, also you're very honest (laughs) you're very honest about your message thank you I mean somebody one of the newer Toastmasters asked me once when will I stop being nervous when I get up in front of people and I said You'll stop being nervous when you start having fun. Uh When you have fun, then you won't be nervous anymore. When you realize you're just up there to have a good time, because if you're not having a good time, your audience won't have a good time, and they're going to know it. If you're bored, they'll be bored. So make Mm -hmm. it interesting. Make it come alive. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Beverly, we're coming to the end of this interview, right? It's an interesting talk. Every time we get together, there's always something. I learned about you and about myself. You ask such good questions. Thank you. Uh, what is next for you? Uh, what is the next big project? Or what is the next big reflection in your life? That's something you can leave us with. I, lately, because of everything that's going on in the world, I realized that people have not been as nice to each other as they might be and I decided that I want to counteract that negativity with kindness and going to resurrect a practice that I did many years ago and that is journaling every night and the thing that I'm going to focus on when I journal tonight and every night from now on is a kindness that I did for someone And then a kindness that someone did for me. So to acknowledge the fact that there are kind people in this world, people who want to be good and want to be helpful, and also that I would want to reciprocate by doing a good deed and being kind to somebody else. And by writing it down in a journal, it it cements that thought in my mind, 
and it just is a wonderful motivator for me to keep doing it. Also, the thought that you're doing it right before you go to sleep at night, it supposedly enters your subconscious and then makes you more aware of it as you sleep. So journaling, hand journaling, not texting, not using the computer, but actually taking pencil to paper or pen to paper, if some people still have paper and pencil in their house, you know, is a more direct link to the brain and it just seems to work better than typing or texting. So that's that's what I'm going to be doing in the next couple of weeks, months, or until I think that I don't need to do it anymore. Thank you, Beverly. That's quite an, an inspirational uh, thought. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for your interview. Thank you for your sharing and your generosity. Yeah. Um, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Um, look up. Speak Brave, everywhere where music is heard on the internet. We love to hear your feedback. Reach out to me, reach out to Beverly. <laughs> uh, and uh, don't forget to speak brave. Thank you.